This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Good afternoon and welcome again to Vet Candy's podcast in other news. A podcast to expand your idea of what is impacting the veterinary world, veterinarians, and all animal care professionals as humans. We are your co-hosts, Dr. Jen and Dr. Jason Chatfield. If you are not yet a Vet Candy subscriber, why not? Please subscribe for free today at myvetcandy.com. You can also reach us at Jen at myvetcandy.com or Jason at myvetcandy.com. All right, our topic today is nutrition. In other news, veterinarians have to eat too? That is correct. They are not superheroes. They must partake in some sustenance. Some sustenance. But there's so many choices, and we can sometimes make bad ones. And especially me. Especially around the holidays. Aren't those coming up? Holidays, busy days, all the time. I, I do think the veterinarians tend to make uh, really bad choices, but luckily, I think we're going to bring someone on that's going to tell us how to eat. That's right, because we are nothing if not creatures that can be taught. So, when we return from this quick break, we will have our guest, our super guest, on with us. So, we'll see you at the other side of this break. Vet Candy makes your life easier with scientific news, clinical updates, and expert lifestyle tips. Sign up for free at MyVetCandy.com and start making your life sweeter. Oh, sure. It's all fun and games until someone ends up in a cone. That's right. We are animals. Deal with it. Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Okay. Welcome back to Vet Candy's podcast and other news. And Dr. Jason, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, wait a minute. We, we should let everybody know. We had a change of scenery for this episode. Of course, not for me. I am still uh, coming to you from my office at the farm. But uh, I have left the basement office shocking. and making shocking appearance at the farm. So what? this is exciting stuff for us. Okay, Worlds hold, are hold, colliding. Hold on. I got to go get a snack. Hold on. A snack. We got to eat. That's oh, what we're talking that's about. Right. Come on. I got to get a snack. Veterinarians oh. have to oh, eat God. too. Okay. So this is the perfect time to introduce our guest. So our uh, very brave guest today is um, Caitlin Chiari. She's a registered dietitian and she, uh, she works with, uh, oh yeah, that, that ubiquitous species, humans. Humans, a registered dietitian. So welcome, Caitlin. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so we're pretty excited. Uh, Jason and I go back and forth talking about nutrition. Me for uh, myself and him for his um, three uh, little human primates that he's raising. Yes. <laughs> they eat a lot. They eat a lot. They sure do. That's yeah. true. That's yes, true. They can eat you this... at a house and home, right? There's a reason for that saying. Yes, yes, there is. It's very true. And this is perfect because, Caitlin, you work with, I think you founded Mom and Tot Nutrition. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I've been a dietitian for a long time and primarily always working with humans, but it used to be older humans and adults. <laughs> and after doing that for a while, I had shifted gears and switched over to working a lot more with children because, you know, little children become big people. Yes. And what I found was if you start implementing these habits and these ideas at a young age, then when they become big people, it's not nearly as hard. Oh, interesting. So we also call those puppy classes. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> because we, we say the same thing, you know, when, when clients will bring us a puppy, I'm in their practice and it's their first puppy and they say, he's chewing everything. What do I do? He's, you know, he, he wants to do this and that. What do I do? Well, you say no and you be consistent, right? We put those ideas I, in their head. Yes, yes. And the truth is consistency really is uh, like 100% the solution when it comes to feeding little ones or any part, you know, whether it's a little dog or a little human, you have to pick a path and stick to it. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm only consistent in eating wrong. So I should probably be more consistent and learn some stuff today, right? About yes. what I should be eating. Yes. And what you're telling me is, I thought as I got older and as my dogs get older and my, all my animals, I still have to worry about nutrition. Come on, what's going on? I thought it'd be easier. I could eat whatever I wanted. Right. It's like cavities. Yes. Didn't we they outgrow just go those? Away. <laughs> I know. I know. Let's just treat those. And you know, it's interesting that you bring that up because I think as a society, we get very hung up on like eating right or wrong or what should we eat? And in reality, I try to help people, whether it's the adults or the adults who are working with the children and raise these children to understand that all foods fit, that there really isn't a wrong food or a right food. And we sometimes mistake the idea of nutrition must be certain foods that have a higher nutritious value. In reality, nutrition and eating is all foods, right? Whether they're high nutritional value or low nutritional value and figuring out how we can include them all together. So I try to really take away that idea that you just brought up of like any wrong foods, because what happens when you think a food is a wrong food is you try to take it out. Yes. And then after you take it out for a little while, it seems like you can't wait to have it again. And then when you do have it again, you have a whole lot of it. Yes. And then you feel bad about yourself. Yeah. It inherently automatically tastes better once it's labeled as wrong. Yes. Put it out of- so here's the thing. So this totally validates what I've been saying for a number of years, which is that I may not always be right, but I am never wrong. <laughs> yes. I like that. Nobody <laughs> understands that. I don't even, I don't even, you just took a food thing and made it about yourself. I, don't I did. I did. It's a, it's a okay, gift. Yeah. Okay. So here's, so here's the thing. So I'm going to relate this back to our, our animal world, even though humans are just a species living in the same world, right? It, if you ask me. So true. Yes. And so we're facing, and Jason just alluded to it when he said, if I eat the wrong food, then I feel bad. And you said the same thing. And so, and for me, that is a lot of it. So that when I used to do work at emergency clinics and I would be up all night or half the night, whoever left their shift at one in the morning, they were obligated. The last thing they did on their shift don't judge me out there in the candy verse, but the last thing they did on their shift is they would voluntarily go and obtain from me <laughs> a big grab bag of Cheetos and a Barks root beer <laughs> that I would have at two in the morning when I sat down to catch up on my records. And then in the morning I would wake up and say, God, that was terrible, but it tasted so good. And so I think that self-esteem impact is a huge deal. Yeah. And especially for veterinarians these days. And so, so how, how can we get around that? Honestly, I do think that we beat ourselves up so much after we eat foods that we might in our mind think are bad foods. And so I think the first step is to really remind yourself that there is no bad food, whether it's Cheetos, soda, or an apple foods don't have power. Foods are not good versus bad. And we really (laughs) need to label the playing field (laughs) and we feel less, we feel less guilt over it if we don't think it's a bad food, right? If, If So we have to first start with, you know, kind of getting our mind around the idea that there isn't a bad food. Then afterwards, 
start to listen to your body. And this is where I think people struggle the most is really being in tune with their body and, and asking like, what do I need? And mm-hmm. probably every night you didn't need the Cheetos and the root beer, right? It almost maybe became a habit for you or like mm-hmm. a go-to guilty pleasure or something that was maybe providing even an emotional like release. So it's two in the morning. I'm tired. I'm I was helping you stay awake. It was helping me stay awake, sure. right? So, so I yeah, can finish yeah. my records. Absolutely. But I imagine that, you know, there could be other choices too, that you would eat at two in the morning that could do the same thing for you that were slightly different. So we really want to dig deeper and say like, why is it that we're always choosing that food? Is there anything else in the vending machine or is the vending machine full of just those things? And that's your only choice. That's a different situation. But could we have brought, you know, a kind bar or something from home or, you know, a pre-made store-bought smoothie or something that, Mm -hmm. you know, you can grab out of the fridge at two in the morning and Mm -hmm. still have that, get that energy boost and be able to kind of function. And if it's like, well, I don't want that. I don't really want those things at two in the morning. Usually that's because there's some other potential emotion at play that's driving your craving for those Cheetos and those root beer. And I would argue or challenge you to almost, could you try having Cheetos and root beer at 2 p.m.? Right. Mm -hmm. See how that feels. Almost make it more allowable. And Mm -hmm. you might get less at 2 a.m. That's true. No, and that's a good point because that was the only time that I would have those. You'd allow yourself. Yeah. Yes. Because I would feel bad about like I would be like, but come on, I'm staying up all night, you know, and I'm just crushing it, saving these pets. Right. Right. I deserve this. I deserve this. Because because Caitlin, you may not know it, but nothing I take care of ever gets sick and or dies. Wow. Well, that's pretty impressive. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yes, I'm sure. I'm sure. So, and, and that's a stressful emotion. So think about it, you know, when you're working and doing that in the middle of the night, like you have all these additional emotions that are going out to these animals that are sick or potentially dying. And that drives our decisions in food. People don't really realize how much their decisions over what to eat or how much to eat are driven by the emotions that are going on for them that moment. Yeah. And so what do you, do you have a, um, well, I guess I'm looking for what, because there's no wrong food. I know you just told me that. So I'm going to ask you, I was fixing to say, what's a good food, but no food is inherently good or bad. So what would you recommend as a good snack? Because for me, it's the crunch and the Mm. pieces and the salt. Okay. So mainly the salt, mainly the salt. salt. (laughs) Got it. Got it. Um, So I would say things that are crunchy and salty. It always brings up for me something easy like pretzels, right? And now you could buy a whole wheat pretzel or even a spelt pretzel. So there's a little bit more fiber in there, which will be a little bit more satisfying and satiating. You could Even mix with that with something. Carbs, right? Because isn't oh, that, yes. like, and that's yes, okay. I would add to it. I would dip those pretzels in a little container of hummus. And nowadays you can buy hummus in those small single serving packages. Yeah. You can buy, you can buy peanut butter in those packages. You can buy guacamole, all of these things that would add a fatter protein. So when that's you're cool. eating those pretzels, the combination of those nutrients together will keep you fuller for longer. Oh, I now look, I never, you just gave me permission to eat some of my very favorite things right there. Oh, um, <laughs> want you to like the food. So if you told me I don't really like dipping things and I'm not a fan of pretzels, then that wouldn't be an ideal snack for you. We'd, we'd have to keep on moving because I want you to enjoy oh, the food you're yes. choosing. Oh my gosh. I love it. Because for me, you also hit it right on the head, but like, you know, news hounds may already be aware that I'm a dipper and a cruncher. That's a fact. But Jason, I think you are maybe more of a sweet toother. Like, do you like the sugar? No, I love sugar. Oh, sugar. You love and now, it. now I'm told that sugar is not a bad food. Just a bad. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> sugar is not a bad word either, which I think oh, right now our, our society oh, thinks sugar yeah. is a bad word, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. And so, but so for somebody on his end of the spectrum, you know, what, what would be not yeah, a good choice for something he, sweet? Wait. Yeah, better. I yes. want to know what my end of the spectrum is. The, the crazy one. Oh, okay. It's the crazy I just wasn't sure where we were going with that. I thought you meant the physically fit, super athletic, oh, coordinated, oh, that kind no, of stuff. No, no, okay. no, right, no. Right. The crazy, no. No. crazy. The, yeah, the right. crazy sweet tooth sugar yes. alcohol. Right. That's the end of the spectrum you might fall on. And so it's important to recognize the, the flavors that you enjoy and then incorporate mm. them so you don't feel restricted. So if you want something sweeter, obviously fruit is very naturally sweet. And so could we do doing a fruit and a yogurt, or even, you know, some of the yogurts you can squeeze honey in. And so there you go. You're adding a natural sweetener. It tastes a little bit more. You could even, if you need something quick and easy, be buying even like a Chobani flip where like half of the yogurt container is like cookie crumbles and chocolate chips or stuff like that. Um, The point of that, of adding it to the yogurt is that you'll again have that fat and protein so that the sugar isn't just, you know, consumed, easily burned off, and then you're left wanting more again right? Sugar yeah. brings us up, let, lets us go. And then we want more and more and more. So the sugar so dragon. Yeah. The key is to keep putting a protein with it or a fat so that it won't drop so quickly and leave you wanting more. And so other ideas for sweets is obviously you can do things like a muffins or cookies or lots of versions of that, that you could either make at home or mm-hmm. store bought that have oats as the base. Again, more, more filling than just your regular old chocolate chip chips. Ahoy. Good. good All right. Plan. So I can eat cookies. And yeah, I can eat uh, yogurt. yogurt with honey and crunchiness. Where is the Snickers falling to this? I'm not, that's just what's happening here. I don't know what's going on. All right, listen, I have a, I have a serious question. Back to the veterinary profession, okay? Uh, and I think I'm still talking Specifically, really quick, I did remember that we um, we have a recipe for cookie dough hummus that we've recorded a video for, for Vet Candy. So that might be one you should check out. That yeah. is really delicious, nice and sweet, and really tasty and, and filling. So can you, can you repeat that? Out. Cookie dough hummus. I'm all in you for that. It. All right. Yes. Cookie, Cookie dough, dough hummus. And, and I think you can find that on the Facebook Watch. I think that's yes, on that's Facebook right. Watch at myvetcandy.com. You can see Caitlin prepare that and kind of walk you through it. Those are lovely little vignettes, by the way. I've seen a couple of those that you've done, and they're okay. really, really easy to follow. Great. I think Great. it's pretty funny. You said you had Facebook watch flow off the, your tongue like you say it every day. And this is the same person who, again, let me remind all of you new sounds, did not know what IG meant in reference to Instagram. But hey, let's drop <laughs> Facebook watch like it's no big deal. All right. Listen, I have, I have a really quick question. I'm just going to steal Dr. Jen's thunder. I have two questions. One, that you can ask one. Listen, I don't have any idea. I should know this kind of stuff because it applies to animals as well. But how should we be eating? Right? That may sound simple. Should I eat three meals a day like they told me back in the 50s, 80s, 90s, 90s? Uh, or, should, or should I graze all day long? Or should I take snacks? What, or does it matter? Just be consistent. Yeah. You know what? I honestly do think that each person is going to respond differently. And I wish that there was like one way for everyone. And unfortunately, yeah. there's not. There are some of us who don't really like to sit down to a very big meal. And in which case, having three smaller size meals and snacks, you know, in between those two snacks, maybe even a third snack, and therefore eating five to six times a day is a better solution. Mm -hmm. And then there are other people who know that they have a busy lifestyle. And for me to say, you know, incorporate a snack is almost impossible, right? They're go, 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 go. They don't even necessarily Mm -hmm. sense or feel their hunger. And so they could be perfectly fine and healthy off three meals. What you don't want to do is go too long between your meals. And this I see very often for people. (laughs) 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 
was doing good until then. Dang it, till that point, right? I know, yeah. but I see all the time that people will have lunch around one or two o'clock and then just wait on dinner until seven or eight o'clock. And so we're talking about a seven or eight hour gap between their lunch meal and their dinner meal. And that is harder for your metabolism, right? So it yeah. would be ideal if you have a busy lifestyle where you're not going to get around to dinner until eight yeah. o'clock at night, then a snack would be ideal for you between 12 and eight. So somewhere around three or four o'clock. Okay. So then you come to me, the opposite end of the spectrum for that. Okay. We're on the spectrum. Do you like to graze all, all day? No, actually. So recently uh, someone, so I had a friend who was... I'm asking for a friend, but no, I had a friend who was doing um, these intermittent fasts. And so, so I used to be a big cat keeper before I went to veterinary school and for big cats um, in captivity, cause they eat when they, when they kill something in the wild and sometimes they gorge and then they may go a day or two with nothing but bones. Um, just for, to, to interrupt you for a second, just yeah. like toddlers do the same thing. So anyone out Frankly. there listening who has a toddler, they almost act like cavemen that, you know, they'll load up and then they'll starve themselves for a little and while. You don't know that's happening. I'm telling you what, it's worrisome. Like, eat, eat, eat. Like, I'm not hungry. Then they eat a bunch. Very weird. Anyway. Interesting. And is yeah. that like related to their growth pattern or something? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not even so much the growth as much as it is almost just like I said from back in the day, these like primal kind of eating behaviors where they load up and then they kind of have to take a while to digest, to metabolize, to utilize that, and uh -huh. then they'll around again. But I think parents a lot of times are pushing, 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 pushing kids to eat and they want them to eat perfect every meal, every day. And that is never going to happen with a toddler. Don't even try. <laughs> oh, excellent. Okay. So, um, wow. So for the mominarians out there, yeah. as um, some veterinary moms call themselves mominarians, <laughs> our friend, uh, Dr. Grogan on a previous episode loves that phrase because her little girl calls her the mominarian. Yeah. So anyway, so, so, so back to the cats. Yeah. So big cats, we usually like in a seven day period, we'll have two fast days where we just throw them bone, like a, a horse tail to chew on or, you know, bones or something. And so I have a friend who has two fast days a week where he doesn't, you know, he'll go from supper one day to supper the next day and 20, not eat. 24 hours. Yeah. And Ooh. then, but then also there's this thing like I'm using on my phone where I do a 16 hour fast and then I eat during an hour window and then I do 60, mm -hmm. but most of it I'm sleeping. Right. Like I do it at night. So right. it's between supper and then the next time. But I try to eat in this eight, eight hour window because there there was a study and it was peer reviewed. And they <laughs> you can't see it. News hounds, but she's laughing. And I think maybe rolling I am. <laughs> so it's peer reviewed where they fed people the exact same diet, the exact same food. And they had one cohort that ate it within um, a six hour window. And then they had one cohort that ate over a 12 hour window and they had one cohort that ate like whenever they wanted all like whenever. And mm -hmm. the six hour window eaters actually lost weight over that month or two months, mm -hmm. um, even though they all ate the same exact foods. So same calories, same exact foods or whatever. They all like those ones lost weight. So anyway, so I'm, sure. what, what about sure. this intermittent fasting fad? Yeah. So I want to speak to that for a quick minute because I know it's very popular right now. Yeah. And a lot of people are looking at like the research that you're suggesting. And mm -hmm. I'm not saying the research is necessarily wrong, but what I want to point out that no one is looking at is what happens to these people after the fact, right? Because yeah. what we do know is that when you're restricting your intake, because mm -hmm. you're either kind of diet, or you have some rules around when you're going to eat. So in intermittent fasting, it's not about what you eat, but when you eat. And when you make these dietary restrictions, 
logically, that puts your body in this mode of restriction and almost like a starvation. And so you're thinking about food a bit more often, right? Mm -hmm. It becomes actually heightened. And so my question is, what is happening to these people after the fact when they've decided, okay, I did intermittent fasting for a while and maybe I lost some weight, but now, you know, I like to have breakfast and I haven't been having breakfast for months with my family or going out to breakfast. And so it's not sustainable because it's yeah. almost nothing is sustainable when it's, you know, hard for you to maintain. Mm-hmm. And so then it goes, not only does it go out the window, but they've now become ravenous. Now they're like, oh, I can finally like eat whenever I want again. And now they're oh, eating, yeah. eating, eating, eating. Eating, 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 eating way more. And so they gain the weight back and they want to blame it on the fact that they're not intermittent fasting. But intermittent uh. was what caused them the restrictive mode and pushed them to overeat as a result. So I think that anytime you set really strong, rigid rules around your food, either what or when you're eating, mm-hmm. eventually you're going to revolt because it's human nature. Yeah. Yeah. We, hey, we are rebels by nature. She, she, she said it. It's there right there. It's, she's a True. scientist. She knows. She's right. And you know, <laughs> rules are made to be broken, right? We really yeah. do believe that. Rules are made to be broken. So we yes. can follow the rules for a while. And then eventually we want to break them. And, you know, and then that's the hard part is that people feel like yeah. it's willpower and they beat themselves up when in reality it was the diet to begin with that was the problem, not your yeah. willpower. And it's interesting that you're quoting every senior veterinary student ever on clinical rotations because we say we could do anything for two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Right. There you go. So, yeah. so those of our veterinary yeah. students who are out there right now yeah. on that horrific rotation where that one person is on the rotation with you, you could do anything for two weeks. You know you can, right? right? Right. Exactly. Which is why, you know, the whole 30 has a lot of people follow it because it's like, okay, I can do this for 30 days, do this for 30 days. And sure. Plenty of people are able to make these changes and stick with it and it works for them. So I'm not, you know, saying that it's a horrible thing to do, but for many people, they laugh and they'll say, yeah, except for C31, right. They're kind of taking it all in and really making up for all those foods they had held Mm -hmm. out on for a whole month. Well, and that's the thing. I think it has to be a lifestyle change because you, you say, well, I did Whole30 and um, and my folks did the Whole30 with me. And I've done a couple Whole30s because then for the next two years, I essentially stuck to not a super strict Whole30. And for those of you wondering out in the Candyverse, Whole30 is just another approach to eating. And there's a book. You can Google it. It's a thing where it essentially yeah. eliminate sugar. But, but then you're supposed to bring things back in. And see how they make you feel. So it's supposed to kind of revamp your relationship with food. And I think that's what you were getting at, Caitlin, with my Cheetos and my Barks Root Beer. Yep. And I guess I shouldn't say brand names anymore. But anyway, it's because uh, <laughs> why, you know, why was I eating them at that time? You right. Know? Digging a little bit deeper than the surface. It's not that yeah. the Cheetos are bad food and you shouldn't be eating them, right? There, there should be a place for Cheetos in your diet if you enjoy them. Yep. I enjoy Cheetos and there is a place in my diet for those little guys. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that. So glad to hear that. <laughs> yes. So, um, so let's see. So I know we've we've talked about toddlers and we've talked about grown-ups like us and those on shift work. So I know you work with a, a lot of different people and you have significant experience. Although Newshounds, she doesn't look old enough to have had significant experience. <laughs> but that's also because she eats right. Okay. <laughs> that could so, be. Um, yes. <laughs> So, so my question here is, and you'll have to probably think back into your archive, is what is the most common myth about nutrition that you run across with your clients? And you're just like, oh my gosh, let me fix this. 
that carbs are bad. I think the most common myth is that everyone believes carbohydrates are the enemy. And Mm -hmm. if they just reduced or eliminated them, they would either lose weight or feel better. And, you know, we, as you guys would know from the science background, I mean, our primary source of fuel is carbohydrate, right? That's what crosses our blood brain barrier very easily. That's what Mm -hmm. we metabolize and utilize. And so when we keep pulling all of these carbohydrates out of our diet, we are really messing up with the way things are supposed to work. And as a result, you know, we don't feel as well down the line, or there are even health implications that can come from these super, let's say high fat diets or super Mm -hmm. high protein diets really dumbing down on carbohydrates and eliminating them cause longer effects, you know, down the road that we've now seen. And so I don't know why we can't find a place. Why can't we give carbohydrates a little bit of love, right? Why can't we just like we're equality and everything else? Can we give carbohydrates a bit of equality? (laughs) That's excellent. It's an equality movement. Um, I mean, I'm, I think I should start that movement, right? I, I'm pro carb. Pro carb. We're starting it right here in the candy verse. <laughs> and so, Dr. Jason, do you have any other questions? Yes, I have lots of questions about nutrition. Well, but great. The, main one, the main the main one is, and these are all simple questions because we live simple lives. Uh, what, or at least I do. Uh, what is the most? You got all this information is just is just overwhelming me, which isn't saying a ton, but it's overwhelming me with choices and what's right. And it's what's a wrong. short trip. The bar is very low. Yes, agreed. But what is the most important? meal of the day. And I ask that because a lot of veterinarians get busy. A lot of veterinary people in a profession get busy. They're too busy to do what's right for their body. And it's in, in the long term, it's not very good. And I don't just mean veterinarians, but anyone in the medical mm-hmm. in the medical field and in, in any kind of professional field, they don't eat breakfast or they don't eat lunch or heaven forbid, they don't eat either. And they drink a big old latte. <gasps> and, and I've been known to do that a few times, not because I'm busy, because I, I like lattes. Anyways, but what, what, like if I had to you know, should I eat a breakfast, a lunch, and a dinner every day? And I know you're going to tell me everybody's different, but but I'm going to make well, you. Well, yes, yes, yes. I do. Important. I do want to start with, of course, everyone's different because <laughs> if there are people out there who function perfectly fine without breakfast, and I'm about to say that breakfast, in my opinion, professionally, is the most important day, they're going to be like, not for me. But the the reason why breakfast Never. really had that line for so long about you know breakfast is the most important meal of the day is yes. because we are obviously fasting overnight right? Mm -hmm. And we want to start putting in some actual fuel into our body to break the fast, hello, and start the metabolism. I like to call your body almost like a fire, right? And so we want the fire to start again. I can tell you that mine is, yes. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. I could sense that about you. (laughs) And so if I want that fire to start going, I need to put some kindling on there, right? I need to put a little bit of food to get the motor running. Otherwise, it's not going to run efficiently. And to get a little sciencey on you, you know, when we don't have glucose, you know, sugar being put into our body, if we try to go and work or work out without it, our muscles sometimes will break down to take out the glycogen, the stored sugar from our muscle to be able to give us the sugar to move, right? To move, breathe, and function. But I worked so, so hard to get that muscle. Exactly. So you want to <laughs> keep it where it is. You don't want to break it down and pull out any of the stored sugars. So I do believe that starting off your day within the first hour of waking up with some breakfast, even if you're busy and it's a banana on the way or it's a bar in the car, it doesn't matter. It matters most that you break that fast as soon as possible to get the engine going, to get your motor and fire burning. And to be clear, get uh, your motor running. Right. To be clear, five cups of coffee doesn't count. 
Even if I put a live stream in it. Okay. I just, I just want to be clear. That's a fake version. And and you know what I want to say really quickly about caffeine. And I I think that there's definitely got to be room in the world for caffeine because it's hard to function without it. But I want people to realize that when we're constantly drinking coffee, what we're doing is suppressing our body's signals that are trying to tell you, hey, I need to eat, I need to eat. And you're, ca- you're running off the caffeine instead of real fuel. And your body is trying to send you the message, but you just keep drinking the caffeine and going, 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 going. Uh, if caffeine actually, didn't exist, uh, you would actually be in the middle of your workday and you would be like head on the table if you hadn't had lunch. And I wish that more people would end up that way so that they'd realize, oh, I need to eat. Yes. But you know what? That would be no fair for veterinarians and, and the pets we provide care for because a lot of us are doing surgery around 10, 30 or 11. Do you sure. want a face plant in an open abdomen? That's a bad time for everybody involved. <laughs> I don't want anyone face planting in oh. there. No, no. Also trying to, you know, and I realize that the, your line of work is very unpredictable, but if you know there's a surgery that's about to happen, you, you know, eat. a stash of something that you can nibble on before you get in there just to try to sustain you better or at least have it with your coffee at yeah. the very least. Try to, you know, show some real fuel to your body. Oh, no. It used to be, uh, so when I was a student and then when I first um, came out of school, I had a lot of energy. But I had to, if I was going to do surgery, I had to consciously eat something right before surgery because otherwise I would pass out. Yeah. Uh, just because of the focus that was required and all of this. And it's very intense. And so, you know, you're up here with your energy level because I was doing emergency surgeries most of the time. And so it just, I think it would overwhelm my system. It would just use up all the juice I had at the time. So I knew I had to eat or else this was going to go badly. (laughs) And and it was like, you were giving yourself that glucose sugar to function on so that you didn't have to deplete it from the rest of your body because you needed it in your brain and you needed it in your body to be able to do the surgery. So if you didn't give it, you know, supplemental form, you were going to have a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly right. Exactly right. So, so if you're out there in the candy verse and you feel like you're going to pass out, why don't you try having a banana before the surgery folks, a little banana, a little Luna bar, Something we're mentioning yep. all these brand names. Not a Red Bull. Yeah. Not not a Red Bull. No, no, no. no, no. Oh not my a- gosh, you're just seen the reaction we got with that one. Red Bull, do it again. Even, oh even, my gosh, it's like the devil. Even though, wait a minute. Even though there is no, there's no bad, bad food. food. <laughs> but there are better. horrible foods. <laughs> no, no, no. There, there are better foods. There are better foods, right? There are better foods, right? Exactly, exactly. These are better um, choices. And you know what? If you had nothing and you were going to face plant into an abdominum, have the Red Bull. <laughs> have the Red Bull. It's okay. It's really okay, people. And you know what? Forgive yourself for that, veterinarians, because yeah. it does happen. And move on. And the next day, you got to let it go. And the next day, you do better. Yeah. Exactly. And actually, I, I think it's easier. The, the better choices you make, I think it snowballs, right? So I'm making sure. better choices. I feel better about myself. And then I physically feel better because I'm making better choices. Yeah. Yes, it does snowball. And when you feel good, when the food you put in your body makes you feel good, it makes you want to eat more of that food, right? And and instinctually, I would I like to feel good. (laughs) Don't we all, right? And can we listen to our body when it when a food doesn't make us feel good? I think that's the other part that we're sometimes like our ears are not hearing the messages when a food is actually not agreeing with you or not making you feel your best. Yes. I think that's a fact. Selective hearing in my case, because I continue there you go. to make me feel bad because they taste so good. They're so good. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I think we've debunked um, a couple of things here. So, uh, Caitlin, can you share with the news hounds, uh, our listeners, where they can get more information or uh, maybe find you on the interweb? 
Yes, absolutely. So my this name is Mom and Tot Nutrition. And so that's not the word and in between. It's a letter N. So momandtotnutrition.com would be my website. Also my Instagram handle, my IG handle. <laughs> Mom and Tot Nutrition, all one word and same for Facebook. So on social media, I'm constantly trying to provide people with ongoing tips and strategies and support because sometimes we listen to something or we read something, we feel motivated, but we lose the motivation. And so yes. since I know everyone's already scrolling, let me provide you ongoing motivation as you scroll so that you can continue to make the choices that are better for your body. Excellent. And uh, we'll provide those links on the page for this episode so that folks who are right now driving or something like this while listening to the podcast, do not take your hands off the wheel. Do not write and drive. Or if you're holding the tot, continue yes. holding the tot. We're, obviously, the links are going to be uh, made available for you. And so this has been wonderful. This Thank you so much. Yes, I, I feel great about my eating habits now. <laughs> You're going to feel better. I have to make better choices, but you guys tell me no. I will feel better and I'll yes. continue to do better. So yes. I'm really positive about this. That's right. And, and you're not going to help yourself up over the bad choices that you're thinking are bad, right? We took that away. There yeah, are there's there no, are bad, bad there's choices. no bad choices. There's no guilt. No, just bad, bad other things. And, no bad food. And that's my job, beating him up. It's my job, yeah. right? Yeah. Exactly. That's what a, a twin is for, right? That's right. Exactly right. So, like, no one should be horning in on my territory. So, uh, news hounds, listen up out there. Um, so, you know, we're going to give away some swag. So, let's do this. How about those of you on Instagram, the IG, on Instagram, if you show us how you listen to Vet Candy and other news or show how it uh, impacts your life. You know, if you're changing a decision you're making with uh, your lunch today, or if you think you're going to consider something different, or if you just say you're getting a little um, a little bit of a, a boost uh, in your mood, because uh, we, we like to be positive here on Another News, tag Vet Candy on your Instagram. And uh, if we like it, and we'll uh, show everyone, we'll bring it up, we'll post it, and uh, we'll send you some swag. We've got some lovely um, Betsy Johnson lunch boxes. Oh, perfectly so, on topic. That's right. So you can uh, make some good choices and bring some stuff from home. So it, as always with our contests, if you want to look at uh, the full set of rules, you can find it at myvetcandy.com backslash rules. And if you have any other questions or if you just want to sound off about in other news, you can find me at jen at myvetcandy.com. Or you can email me at jason at myvetcandy.com. And as always, we'd love to hear from you. So shoot us an email, tag us on Instagram, and uh, let us know how you're uh, you're finding um, in other news and we'll see you on our next episode eat well friends let's talk pets every week on demand only on petliferadio.com